and Gigi were like totally live. What's up, you guys? And Merry belated Christmas. I have to ask you really quickly. Um, does the quality sound a little bit better? Just a, just a smidge? I don't, I don't know. You let me know. Because for Christmas, not to brag, I'm not trying to brag, not by any stretch of the imagination, but for Christmas, I did get a new microphone and a new pop shield, and I am so stoked about it. So I'm really hoping that it's better quality and a better sound for you guys. And, you know, Christmas this year was just really hectic in the beginning, but ended up being so beautiful. And my Nana and my mom were talking and saying how, you know, this Christmas was just extra special. And I'm going to tell you why. So I have been very blessed to have Christmases where I got to spend it with my family. And I got a lot of toys growing up and I had Christmases where my mom got me literally everything on my Christmas list. And, you know, I was always taught that Christmas is not about toys. It's not about any of those things. Being that we are of the Christian faith and we're believers in Christ, I was always taught that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ and, you know, his love for us and sharing that love with other people, family, friends, strangers alike. We all know that, like, as a child, even though you're taught those things, your focus really is, is like, ooh, I'm getting presents. You know what I'm saying? And it's not coming from a selfish or a bratty place. It's coming from a place of innocence and not knowing any better because you're not completely understanding, if that makes any sense. So as I got older, I realized, you know, the true meaning of Christmas and it quickly transitioned from my favorite thing about Christmas was getting presents to having this tradition where I got to be with all my family and friends. I was very blessed to have my great-grandparents for a very long time. Um, my great-grandfather passed away when I was in my mid-20s, and then my great-grandmother passed away when I was in my late 20s. That makes me feel so old saying, side note, but like, that's okay. So I was very blessed to have them, and they had their tradition. And I think I spoke about this way back in adult versus childhood Christmases, but I said that I would go to their home in Long Island every Christmas Eve, and at midnight, um, we would exchange presents and I got to open gifts. And I think a lot of people might have thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you get extra presents, like more than the average person. But for me, it wasn't about that. For me, it was the fact that I got to kick it with my cousins and my great uncles and my great aunts and my great grandparents and just the family relatives that I really would only see at this, you know, celebration. And I love that. I loved being around my family. I'm very family oriented. I love being around a lot of people, um, good people. Let me specify that. I love being around, around a lot of good people and good energy. And that's what it always was. It was always good energy, good vibes, always a good time. So I was immensely lucky to have that. And once they passed away, that tradition was kind of over. But it was okay because in the grand scheme of things, I still had my grandparents and my mom and my cousins and we still had our own thing going on. However, what made this year extra special was that it started off pretty rocky. So Christmas was on a Wednesday for us here in America, the 25th of December. 
And that Saturday night, my grandmother was having problems with her eyes, and my mom brought her into the hospital just to have her eye checked. And then um, her fingers on her left hand started going numb, and they ran some tests on that, and they found out that she had suffered from a mini stroke, and they couldn't exactly pinpoint when. So now I get this hysterical text message from my mom saying to call her. It's 12.30 Sunday morning, technically, 30 minutes after midnight. I'm an hour and some change outside of my home. And my mom is like, your Nana, because I call her Nana, I don't call her grandma. They're like, your Nana had a mini stroke and she's being transported to a hospital in Manhattan. And I'm like, what? So it's 1230. I'm extremely tired. I'm super far from home. And my mom was like, don't even worry about it. Just stay at your friend's house and come home in the morning. And I tried to do that. I tried to lay down. I lay down on her couch and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just, I don't feel right. I feel terrible. I feel terrible that my grandmother is sick. I feel terrible that she is now in a hospital about 30 minutes from our house by herself. And, um, my step-grandfather, he is also very sick currently. So it's not like he could be with her. And I just, I felt like I laid down and I felt so bad that I felt physically sick. Like I felt nauseous and I was like, I can't do this. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to go home. And my friend said, no, I totally get it. Let me know when you get home. Let me know everything's okay, which I was so grateful for. Thank you, Kyrie, for being so sweet and understanding and patient with me in that moment. And, um, so I rush home. I get home at like three thirty in the morning. I go to, I take a shower first because I knew that I had to hit the ground running once the morning came. And sure enough, I did. Woke up, had to throw on my clothes and run out the door. And my mother, myself, and my great uncle, my grandmother's brother, we all went to the hospital. And we were with her from 1030 in the morning until she got discharged at seven o'clock at night. And this was Sunday. So, um... She had to go to the hospital in Manhattan because, you know, it was like a, like a stroke specialty hospital, I guess you could call it. So she had to go there and they ran some tests and thankfully she was fine. Like the only thing that was really bothering her was what she originally went to the hospital for was this weird cast on her eye. We found out later on what that cast was. Um, I don't know the technical term, so I don't want to say it and botch it and then give out wrong information. But what happened to her was something that, ironically enough, I was told 10 years ago by an optometrist that I could potentially have as well as a result of um, a situation with my contacts. Now, my Nana doesn't wear contacts, but something did happen to get the same reaction. And... So they discharged her. They said she could go home, but she had to go to the eye doctor on Monday. So my mom took her to the eye doctor on Monday, and I was going to go with her, but she said, no, stay at home because I might have to leave to go to work, and then you can go and meet me there and, you know, take her home. So I said, okay, fine. Um, she ended up not happening to go to work and was able to just stay with my grandmother. They said that she had to have LASIK eye surgery that Tuesday, which was Christmas Eve. So here we are on Christmas Eve at the eye doctor with my grandmother getting LASIK eye surgery to fix the situation that was going on in her eye. And the cool part about that was that 
I was able to watch the whole procedure being done. Things like that don't skeeve me out. I'm actually really interested in how things work and all that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting seeing that. But she had the surgery and things went well with the surgery. We took her home. She ate. And her eye looked a little cockeyed. But by Christmas Day, her eye looked normal. So from all of that, my mom and my Nana were talking about just like like how amazing Christmas was. You know, the fact that this um, like this scary thing happened and yet she's okay. And I know for me personally, seeing my grandmother like that and because this isn't the first time that she's been in the hospital or hospitalized for something, but I just know that that whole situation really made me reflect on, like, life and really helped me form what I wanted to talk about in our podcast today. And I know we're probably, like, 10 or 15 minutes in, and it's like, Gigi, what do you mean talk about today? We've been talking this whole time. We have been. But I just felt like I needed to tell you that story as a precursor because this is our last episode until 2020, and obviously I felt like we need to talk about just the year in general and like talk about new year's resolutions. So that story was pivotal to my year because I learned so much from that particular situation. So my grandfather passed away, my biological grandfather. Um, he passed away in 2016, I want to say. Ooh, no, 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 no. In 2015. It was either 2015 or 2016, and that was the first time that I was really hands-on with an immediate family member, and I watched him deteriorate, and I watched him pass away, and I held his hand until he took his last breath, and that was a lot. That was a lot, because at the time, I think I was... I was... I don't know. I might have been... I might have been either 25 or 26 at the time that that happened. And it was a lot. And I realized that when you have someone in your life that you're so close to, like your parent or your grandparent, it makes you realize your mortality or your immortality. And it's terrifying. And it made me realize, because I think we all take for granted, oh, This person is always going to be there because they have always been there. But that's not how life works. Tomorrow isn't promised. And I've always known that. But being that I'm so close to my grandmother, dealing with that situation, it just made me more grateful. And that's how I feel like I'm ending 2019, feeling more grateful and really thinking about my own life, my own mortality, and where I would like to go, and how I'm going to get there, and what legacy am I going to leave behind? What mark am I going to leave on the world? You know, this was probably a big moment in 2019 for me, but I had a lot of big moments this year. I turned 30, and leading up to 30, um, I, I hit this part where I was like, bro, I don't care anymore. I 
always suffered from anxiety. I did not like the thought of failure. I did not like the thought of doing something wrong or disappointing someone of authoritative figure. And I completely worded that wrong, but it's okay. You guys know what I meant. <laughs> but I, I suffered from such major anxiety my whole entire life with that. And approaching my 30th birthday, I felt such a sense of relief. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm doing all this to please whom and for what? And that was so major for me. That was such a huge deal for me. And I really do believe that it's attributed to being 30. I do firmly believe that once you hit certain milestones in your age, because you go through certain experiences, you start to have a change and outlook on life. So a big major thing for me this year was turning 30 was this past incident, just this whole entire week and weekend with my grandmother and all of that that happened. Um, I started a podcast. I got my first teaching job in an actual school district instead of being in like a ACS funded or a daycare situation. And something else that was really pivotal for me, I would say, is that I got a lot of clarity in my life, especially towards the ending of this year. And all of it was possible because of the love and continuous support of family, friends, and God. Um, I don't like to talk about religion a lot on my channel, on YouTube, or even on here because I like to be just a place of chit-chat and things like that. However, since we are recapping my year and my personal growth, I realized that my relationship with God is not the strongest that it has ever been or where it could be. And he still made so many waves and paths for me. And I did Vlogmas over on my vlog channel this year. I vlogged every day for 25 days, including, and I'm still vlogging because I'm still in like the mode, like I vlogged today as well. But like every day, I vlogged and every day I edited at night and I uploaded it and then I went to bed. So every night I was uploading a new vlog and that was something that was so game changing for me and I realized the reason why it was like a digital diary. It was a digital growth kind of a thing for me and I realized through that whole entire journey that even though my relationship with God isn't as strong as it could be. And even though I still love him and I still believe in him, I had not been going to him with my problems. He still provided for me. And something major that I realized was that even though I didn't always have the things I wanted, I always had the things that I needed. And I realized that at the end of every vlog, I felt like that was something that I was saying. Like, I don't have the things I want, but I always have the things that I need. Prime example, there would be times where I didn't have money to go shopping for certain gifts that I wanted to get for people, but I always had gas in my tank. Um, I didn't always have the, um, the ability to go out and dine with my friends, but I had food in my refrigerator. And that was something that I realized very heavily towards the end of this year, and it was such a huge part of my growth moving forward into 2020. Now, I've told you about basically the biggest story of 
2019 for me, which was a situation with my grandmother. I told you about what my personal major growths were, turning 30, starting the podcast, realizing that I need to do better with my relationship with God, as well as the fact that, you know, I'm incredibly blessed in so many different ways that it's not even funny. But something else that I learned, and I wanted to talk more specifically on this during the month of February, I learned relationship-wise that I learned this year what I had done wrong in all relationships past. And what I mean by that, I don't mean necessarily what I did wrong to the other person, Because, yes, there were things I did wrong to the other person. I never had a problem with identifying that. Like, I've never had a problem with owning up to when I was wrong. And I had no problem apologizing to any person in my past that I did that was wrong. But the one thing that I identified that I did do wrong that I before wasn't able to identify was the choices that I made. The situations that I put my own self in. The ignoring the red flags. I realized that... That was my fault. I realized that I had a very hard time with finding the line between persevering and trying and not giving in on a relationship and pushing something that never needed to be pushed. In other words, trying to fit a circle into a square peg. And that was so amazing for me to learn. And as always, with all lessons, I didn't learn it on my own. It took people in my life to help me realize these lessons. And I'm so incredibly grateful for them. Like, honestly, 110%. I'm so grateful for them. And my last relationship, which was literally a year and a half ago, I learned so much from that relationship that moved into 2019 that I'm taking with me and holding on to 2020. And I'm grateful to that person that I was with for that. And I think those are like the biggest personal hurdles and obstacles that I managed to, if not completely go over, at least make it to the middle of. That I'm incredibly proud to say that I did that. So now at this portion, I would talk about resolutions. Now, here's the thing with resolutions. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe that New Year's resolutions set people up for failure because we sit there and we set goals and sometimes the goals we set are unattainable, but we set them anyway and then we're putting a 365-day time limit on us being able to achieve that goal. And we start off strong and then we usually end up failing. Why? Because usually it's not for the right reason. I think it's very easy for people to say, ooh, new year, new me. But that's a very short-term terminology. And I realized that a few years ago. And when I realized that, I decided I'm not making New Year's resolutions. I'm setting goals for myself that are going to make me a better person, that are going to set me up for better success in my future. And I'm going to aim to meet those goals. So as far as a resolution. I don't have that for you, but I can tell you what my goals are for this year, this coming year, I should say anyway. So my goals for this coming year is to be more focused and more consistent when it comes to my YouTube channel. 
I feel as though it's very easy for me. I don't feel as though I know it's very easy for me to fall off. I can fall off when something doesn't seem perfect to me. I'm very type A in that way. And I have to be more driven. I do better with that when I have deadlines, when I have somebody kind of putting pressure on me, which is why I always did really well in school. But when I'm left to my own devices, especially because I'm a preschool teacher, it's like once once the day is over and all my children are picked up and I clock out, as far as I'm concerned, my day is done. And that's not the best way to think about it when I'm also doing YouTube and a podcast. So moving into 2020, I want to make sure that I'm being more consistent and that I'm giving you guys content that is of the best of my ability. Meaning I don't want to give you guys poor content intentionally. Now, if the content that I give you is poor, it's poor because I did my very best, but my very best isn't this high production quality. I rather that than to give you something that I like, for lack of a better term, half-assed, and I know I half-assed it, you know what I'm saying? And, And I just produce it to you and expect you to think that it is the best thing since sliced cheese. That's not how it works. No, not at all. And I'm fully aware of that. So consistency, doing my best in all areas of my life, especially in YouTube and especially with my podcast, I would love to do that. Um, Moving forward into 2020, I would also like to open myself up to more opportunities, more chances because I can be very closed off in uncomfortable situations and the thought of straying from my normality is uncomfortable for me. Hi, I'm a Taurus. Have we met? I like stability. Not a big fan of change. But moving into 2020, I want to be less fearful of change and to take more leaps of faith and try more things. More importantly, I want to closer my relationship with God. That's a personal goal for me as well. And there's a whole host of other things that I would love, love, love to do that I did not get to do in 2019. So basically, I am the queen of bucket lists. And what that means is that every year I set up a list of things that I would like to do for the summer or for the winter or for the fall because I like to do it per season and I try to check off as many of those things as I can. I love to travel and I'm a firm believer in exploring your own backyard. So I will put on my bucket list for the summer, for example, oh, I'd like to go fishing in Rhode Island or I would like to go camping in New Hampshire or even the five, uh, the Five Finger Lakes or the Finger Lakes in upstate New York. I need to get that title right. But that's the kind of person that I am. So for 2020, I want to get out there. I want to go fishing. I love watching catch and cook fishing, specifically ace videos. I want to go out there and do some of those things. I want to actually go out. I'm such a hermit. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that about me, but your girl is legit a hermit crab. Like, When I go home, I like to be at home, bro. Like, I love to be at home working on my YouTube channel, working on my podcast, writing ideas. I'm a hermit. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. So if I have a choice between working on all that stuff or going out, I usually rather go out unless I'm actually traveling somewhere. So I want to be far less of a hermit crab (laughs) in 
this coming year and I want to go out and try new things and really force myself to do new things. And something else that I'm more open to that I hadn't been in quite some time, I'm more open to love, to relationships. I feel like I've really been closed off to that because I needed to work on myself and figure out, like I said before, what I was doing wrong and where my errors were in every relationship in the past. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing that. And if you need to do it, girl, boy, do it, okay? It's going to make your life easier and it's going to make the person you're going to end up with life's easier. Like, we do not want any kind of secondhand smoke going on in coming new relationships. So for 2020, I want to be more open. I don't want to be. I'm going to be more open. I'm going to have a change in mindset, more positivity. Because as I read in an article just today, it's so much harder to be miserable than it is to be happy. And I think that that is the best place to end off our last podcast of 2019. I wish you guys a safe, happy, and blessed new year. And I will be seeing you next Friday with our New Year's OMGG podcast. Thanks for taking this ride with me. I'll see you soon. Loves and likes ya. Bye. Good talk. See you next week.